This is Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. And we have got a massive show for you. What's on tap for this show? You can drink in a fantastic Soccer Weekly for the next 60 minutes here on ESPN LA 710, I promise you. We've got ESPN soccer analyst Taylor Twelman coming up. He's going to be joining me at about, uh, I don't know, 15 minutes, roughly. We'll try to go to there. We'll try to get him on there. Yeah, about 15 minutes from now. Not quite. So uh, set your uh, alarms for that. You can hit us up on Twitter at Talk Soccer. We're taking your uh, questions on Twitter. I've got a few of those already lined up. If you follow me at Talk Soccer, you're following the show essentially off the air as well. And the phone lines are open at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Not to throw him too much under the bus, but the fearless producer Mario Reese is there to answer your call, although he wasn't there seconds ago as his order at Starbucks held him up. Nice work there, Chief. You're going to have stoppage time ready later? Of course he is. We've got that coming up as well. So much to get to on this show. We're going to dive right in. U.S. Soccer has their eight candidates who got the official ballots in or got the official nominations. We've got the list. They are as follows, in no particular order, I don't believe. This is a SI. Sports Illustrated did a good job. Grant Wall and the gang did a good job writing up little bios for each of these. If you want to go check that out, SI.com. Check out their soccer section, Grant Wall. Uh, U.S. soccer candidates are as follows. Paul Caligiri, a little L.A. Galaxy connection there, right? Shot heard around the world, remember Paul? Kathy Carter. Taking a little sabbatical as the president of SUM, which is Soccer United Marketing. Carlos Cordero, who's the VP of U.S. Soccer currently. Steve Gans is a lawyer back east. Kyle Martino, you know him from his coverage with the uh, Premiership on NBC, former Galaxy player as well. Oh, by the by. Hope Solo, Michael Winograd is a lawyer. I believe played the game back in the day. And Eric Winalda, our friend. Of course, uh, taking a break as a Fox Soccer Analyst, a cohort of mine over there, and he has appeared on this show. In fact, in fairness, he's the only candidate we've had on. And I have endorsed Eric Winalda as the guy that I would vote for. Now, I don't have a vote, <laughs> but if I did, Eric Winalda would be my guy. Now, there are some other candidates who I would be comfortable with, and frankly, some who I would not be comfortable with winning. I don't believe, in my heart of hearts, Kathy Carter or Carlos Cadero should be winning this presidency of U.S. soccer. Now, why do I say that? I'm sure they're fine people. I don't know them. I've never spoken to them. I've got no problem with them. This is not against them specifically as human beings by any means. They could be awesome people. I don't want them running U.S. soccer based on where they've been. Carter with her connection to Soccer United Marketing. And again, that's just a close connection to MLS. I don't have as much a problem with that as other people, but I just think we need a fresh start. Carlos Cordero, current vice president of US, I just, I'm sorry. I just think we need an absolute overhaul. And again, no disrespect to them. They may be the fine people, and quite frankly, they may, they may do a great job. So it's not, I'm not like biased against them so much as I'm for a complete change at the top. That is really more of the point. I'm not against any of these candidates, realistically. I'm for massive overhaul. 
and change in U.S. soccer. And that, to me, is Eric Winold. And that's why I have endorsed him. And I agree with what he's talking about for change. Now, there could be some other candidates who are very similar, maybe, in their approach. All of them are going to have subtle differences, no doubt. But again, here's the most important part. We need that change. Have to have that new outlook and a new direction. Sometimes it is just that simple. Like, Because you could argue, well, Denholm, what happens if? Okay, you vote the next person out if they're not good enough. We shouldn't be having another Sunil Gulati in the job way too long. That's the point. Upheaval. There's nothing wrong with that at times when it comes to elected positions, whether it's politics or not. Not to get political, but upheaval can be an effective tool for change. And you know what? If the next person who wins, be that my choice and Eric Winalda or someone else, if they don't do the job, vote them out. Now it's important to have that kind of change to show that we're going in a new direction. We'll talk with Taylor Twelman about that. I'm going to ask Taylor about that coming up when he joins us. Can't wait for that. MLS expansion is big news. Did you think Nashville should be the 24th MLS franchise? Give us a call. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. Or hit us up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. MLS expansion announces Nashville as the 24th franchise. The lead investor is a, uh, a very wealthy gentleman named John Ingram. And Nashville put together a proposal with a, a stadium to be built. And they're going to get the job done. Cincinnati, Detroit, Sacramento were all finalists. They're going to have to wait to see who gets the number 25 franchise in MLS. Now, you might be scratching your head. And if you're not a huge fan of MLS, even if you are, you just love this show, you might be saying, Denholm, 25 franchises? Like 24 already? You're approaching you know, the other sports, the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, those numbers, Denholm. Isn't that too much? How can they support this? Well, here's the thing you have to remember about MLS and why expansion is vital. It's not just, yeah, maybe they should, maybe they should. It is vital for Major League Soccer for a couple of reasons, and I'll tell you why. And it really has nothing to do with Nashville. Nashville may well be a great market to go to. I didn't think Atlanta United would be very good. I thought Atlanta would suck. (laughs) <laughs> and I was dead wrong. I told you that. But I didn't know about Atlanta. I'm not, I wasn't sure about Minnesota United joining other than I knew that they had a decent soccer past at least and have done a lot of good in that. So at least Minnesota, you know, they have the history. Nashville? I don't know. Doesn't really matter. And I'll tell you why. MLS needs expansion. And they need expansion for the expansion fee money that the league gets. And now, by some rumors, it's as much as 150 to 200 million per team. Some have paid less along the way, some have paid more by rumor. I don't know if that's true. But expansion fees are massive. And why? Reason number two they don't yet have the TV revenue. 
to where you could say, well, okay, now whether we have the billions rolling in like the NBA or Major League Baseball, we don't want to sh- split that pie up much more, right? Why does, the, why does the NBA want to go to 40 franchises when they're rolling in billions now with 30? What would be the point? You're just splitting up the pie. MLS doesn't have the pie to split yet. Now, make no mistake, ESPN and Fox have paid a lot of money for MLS based on the ratings. Like, they're doing what they can. They're paying big money in relation to the ratings MLS gets on television because none of you Euro snobs are willing to watch. And I thank you for us never getting Leo Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo here. It's your fault, you Euro snob punk who doesn't watch. And you know who you are because you're listening to me because I'm the best. But you know who you are, and you've caused me to not have Cristiano Ronaldo or Leo Messi ever play in MLS in the prime of their career. Shame on you, by the way, not to get off too far off that tangent. But MLS desperately needs expansion to drag in hundreds of millions in expansion fees to make up for some of the money they don't get in lieu of television revenue now. So expansion is not stopping. Cincinnati, Detroit, Sacramento going to battle for that 25th spot. It's not going to end there. You don't end on an odd number. They're still looking for Miami to get their act together. Although secretly MLS doesn't really want Miami in, if, if, if you're asking me my opinion, because Beck, David Beckham got the Miami franchise for a song back with his, his deal. Go look up that if you don't know about that. So MLS needs expansion. They will continue to expand. Don't tell me about the, oh, the watering down of the talent. Really? LAFC brought in Diego Rossi last week, 19 years old. Youngest, uh, I think second youngest DP ever in the league. And there's nothing but talent all over this beautiful soccer world we live on. Not just in America. There's still plenty here, but there's plenty everywhere. It's the beauty of our game. No, if you do you want, uh, can the Croatian Basketball League expand to 32 teams? Probably not. Right? Maybe someday. Because basketball is booming. Let's just say this. Can the can the Dutch top flight of baseball have 32 teams? No, probably not. There's not enough talent. It all comes to play in Major League Baseball. That's the beauty of our game. There's nothing but talent all over the world looking for jobs. And so MLS and expansion, no, don't worry about it. More and more foreign influence coming into MLS talent-wise. Perfectly fine by me. And it'll keep happening. And that's fine. If we keep getting Diego Rossi. Diego Rossi is he is a magnificent signing for LAFC. Can't stress it enough. Even like a Jurgen Shelvick who comes in as a, as a free transfer for the Galaxy at 26 years old. Good player. Norwegian. I mean, there's nothing but talent around the world. We'll be fine when it comes to MLS expansion. Don't even worry about it. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Still to come, Taylor Twelman is next, ESPN soccer analyst here with me on the home of world football here in Southern California. You're listening to ESPN LA 710. This is Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710, the home of world football here in Southern California. And uh, I am pleased to be joined by ESPN soccer analyst, former New England Revolution great Taylor Twelman. Taylor, thanks for taking the time, buddy. Appreciate it. 
No problem. Happy holidays. How are you? Good. Uh, Taylor, let's start off with, uh, let's go back a little bit with the uh, MLS Cup and just kind of get your summary of how the season went and uh, the, the all the thought of Toronto FC with so much pressure on them to not fail that second year in a row and be essentially put up on a pedestal as maybe one of the best teams all time. I, I do happen to think they're the best team in MLS history since they completed the task. What are your thoughts on this TFC team? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I think I, I, I'm using different language. I think they had the best season in MLS history. But when you look at it, it, it's remarkable to go through a regular season the way they did and then not play their best in the postseason, but get results. I think that's a true testament to the season that they had, and I think a ton of credit goes to Toronto in the sense of they had a plan. I mean, they were arguably the worst team in the world for the first eight years of their existence. For them to have a plan the last three years, for it to come together, credit's all involved. And you know, Taylor, as you look at that team, to me, Victor Vasquez coming in made all the difference. Is that how you see it? I mean, certainly, Jovenko, Altador, Bradley—they all played great, and certainly had, they had a lot of help. Osorio, every, the list goes on and on. But Victor Vasquez just took it to another level. Yeah, I, I mean, in my opinion, he should have been one of the three finalists for yes. MVP. So, I, I, I think any other team in the league, he's a designated player and probably a designated player making over $3 million a year. So he, he's one of those special players. And you look at his history, look at his youth. He was with that Barcelona great youth team, Fabregas, PK, Messi. And you look at all of those guys, and he was arguably described as the best in that bunch along with Messi. Serious knee injury, career doesn't go same you know trajectory as the others. He's a special player, and he he was the glue that brought it all together, in my opinion. Because if he's not there, you can still defend them. Because with Javinko and Altidore, if you sit in close channels. Uh, you know, stay compact. You can limit them. Vasquez opened it all up. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking with Taylor Twelman, a former New England Revolution great. He's the soccer analyst for ESPN. Taylor, as we move forward here now, and uh, as I look toward a team coming to Los Angeles and LAFC, I see a lot more, and no disrespect to Minnesota United, really. They're doing their things their way. I see a lot more Atlanta United out of T- or LAFC than I do Minnesota United. Is that how you see this LAFC team so far in their build? It's early yet. Uh, I think you're early. I'm not sure I totally see Atlanta United just yet. And in fairness to LAFC, I'm not sure at this point we said Atlanta United was going to be Atlanta United at this point either. So I I would argue it's still early. But with Bob Bradley, with John Thornton, you know, that front office, with them, you know, using their DP spots, being very calculated with how they use those, waiting till the World Cup ends. Yeah, I, I, I look at it, obviously, a higher level than Minnesota United, but to say they're going to have the kind of season that Atlanta United had, I'm, I think it's too early. Yeah, I don't know if Atlanta United's going to have another the second season that they had in the first, amazingly enough. That's just how the league works. Teams catch up with you in this league. We you talk- know what's weird, Dave? I actually, if they pull off the couple rumors signings that they have, I actually think they may have a better season. Well, yeah, if they can get Barco, for sure, absolutely, I don't disagree, and it's amazing what, you know, if they still have that hunger, if guys like Al Marone are still have one eye on Europe, certainly, and can play the way they did, yeah, you're absolutely 
absolutely right. That they could do even more things. But that's Tata Martino. You know, uh, Taylor, we talked about it, and I, and I want to talk about coaching in MLS. I think it has been a weak spot for the league about uh, up to about two or three years ago, and things are really starting to change in my estimation. One of those guys who we talked about on the show and we talked with here on the show is a former colleague of mine at Fox who had to who, uh, obviously relinquish that job and now takes over at New England, your former club, and Brad Friedel. This is a guy that I have big expectations out of as a manager, uh, Taylor. Talk about Brad Friedel, the, uh, the guy you know. Yeah, I, I'm with you on this. I think Brad's experience, obviously, as a player, second to none, yeah. uh, played at the highest levels. Uh, his understanding of the game, you know, he, he already thought about becoming a manager and a coach in his last day, so he got his licensing, his badges, his badges, so... I agree with you. Now, it's always difficult to say that because often in MLS, it depends on how much money you spend on players and what kind of players you get. Sure. So for Brad, I think the fact that he took New England's job tells me New England's given him some money. But yes, I think Brad's the coach that we'll be talking about for years to come. This might be a dumb question because I see what kind of career you're developing, but did you ever think of coaching before you got into broadcasting? Uh, yeah, I actually still think about it. I, I, to be honest, Dave, I, I take it one day at a time. My concussion injury <laughs> kind of reminded me that you can only control the moment you're in. Yeah. But I, I, I wouldn't lie to you. There are moments where I think about coaching. There's more moments that I have thinking about technical director stuff, general, general, you know, general manager type of decisions than I do about as a coach. Mm-hmm. Now, and I'll be perfectly honest with you. I see you as a guy who has the abilities of like a, you know, and I, I mean this sincerely, like a Jesse Palmer, Michael Strahan, a guy who's even looking beyond sports. Is that something that intrigues you, Taylor? It always has. I mean, Dave, you know me well enough where I like all sports. So, you know, I envision more of my television career going an angle where I can get Major League Soccer, U.S. Soccer, soccer in general. Yeah into mainstream but yes i mean if you if you want to do a radio hit right now we'll talk about <laughs> 20 minutes of the nfl or the nba i can hang yes he yes he can he is taylor twelman a former grade of the new england revolution and uh now espn soccer analyst and hopefully uh many more things quite frankly if i can put in a good word for that but taylor We've got big big picture here in U.S. soccer, and uh, we talk about it a lot. It is the USSF, and now this election coming up, and there are big issues. Certainly missing the World Cup uh, put a, sta- a stain on 2017, but U.S. soccer deals with a lot more than that, and people are really, I think, realizing that more and more as this election gets closer. What are your thoughts on this thing as it really it looms so large for 2018? Oh, man. I, Dave, I don't know. It's so hard to kind of put it into a... 30-second thought, but I'll try my best. Here's the way I look at it. I'm not sure people understand the magnitude of this election Mm -hmm. because I'm not sure anyone paid attention until now. And so I I get that, right? You don't qualify for a World Cup for the first time since 1986. Yeah. But Dave, you know, people don't even know who votes. Everyone thinks I have a vote. I don't have a vote. (laughs) So... It's remarkable to me the, God, lack of a better word, education or ignorance, that how many people that actually have a vote, do they understand the magnitude of this election? Mm -hmm. Dave, to be honest with you, 
I don't think they do. Hey, yeah, no, I think you're a hundred percent right, and that's what scares me about this, which is why I keep trying to get the word out. Look, at some point we have got to grow up as a soccer nation. We this my line has always been, Taylor, this soccer in America became big business before we were any good, and that has screwed up everything. And that's been such a mountain to climb because of it. And now we we have a chance to maybe get back to the bottom of the mountain and almost start over. We have to take that chance, even if it's crazy, even if it seems crazy based on who wins this election. And on some level, we've got to upset the apple cart so much or whatever cliche you want to use that we do start completely over. Yes, I'll say this, Dave, and this has been my general thought on U.S. soccer in its current state. What's the date today? December 21st, 2017. Is United States soccer is trying to compete in a world that is inclusive, Mm -hmm. and yet they're operating in a very exclusive way. Until that changes, then it's going to be very difficult to compete against the best in the world. That's a perfect summation, unfortunately, and it's exactly right. And that's uh, that is where we're at is a crossroads, and it uh, it is not a cliche. And he's he nailed it. That's Taylor Twelman speaking about the U.S. Soccer uh, Federation and the election coming up. Certainly, uh, Taylor. One last thing before we let you go: What kind of uh, holiday season are you looking forward to? If if you could uh, spread some good cheer in the soccer world, what are you looking forward to? What are you hoping for in 2018 in soccer? Well, I'm on the record, and I stand by it. I think 2017 regarding Major League Soccer was the most important year in its history because they made soccer decisions, not business decisions, and I think that only continues in 2018. And people will chuckle at that because of Columbus and the two expansion teams and whatnot. But, Dave, their decisions of putting more money into the product and trying to become the best league – that's, I, I want to see where that growth is from 17 to 18. Regarding U.S. soccer, that, that's difficult because I think the election is a huge part of it, but then whoever is elected, what is he or she's first three or four moves? Yeah. That is what's got my intrigue up. That's what's got my curiosity up. And I said this on air, and I still believe it. We are at the crossroads. Sometimes those crossroads could be a valuable, valuable lesson in the history of it. And I just hope 10, 15, 20 years, we look back and say, you know what? We did the right thing. Taylor Twelman, a pleasure talking to you. It's always good to hear his opinions. He uh, has plenty of them and they're usually right on point, as always they were today. And Taylor, thanks so much for taking the time here on Soccer Weekly. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah, I I love my decision of doing this while walking the dogs outside in 10-degree weather here in Boston. That was real smart of me. Thank your dogs for us, too. You're you're putting in yeoman's work for us. I appreciate that. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Happy holidays. You too. Happy holidays. Uh, Happy New Year to Taylor Twelman and his family. We really appreciate that. We're going to dive deeper into the CONCACAF Champions League draw coming up next here on Soccer Weekly, the home of world football in Southern California. It's ESPN LA 710. Oh, that's fantastic music coming back in here at Soccer Weekly. Dave Dunham and you on ESPN LA 710. Hanging out with you each and every week as we do. Thanks so much to Taylor Twelman. You can check him out at Taylor Twelman on Twitter as well. ESPN Soccer Analyst. Always good to talk soccer with a guy like that. And we've had some great guests, thanks to the great Mario Rees, over the uh, the 
couple of years we've been doing this now, almost two years, and uh, really appreciate all his thoughts. If you have to uh, have any thoughts on what he was talking about and you want to respond about Taylor, you can do that in a couple of ways. 877-710-ESPN is the number here if you want to talk. 877-710-3776. I get confused by the letter thing, too, sometimes, so that's cool. Or you can hit me up on Twitter, at Talk Soccer. We're getting your reaction there. Also want to get some questions coming in from Twitter, at Talk Soccer. Once again, that's my Twitter handle. It's basically for the show. We keep the conversation going even after the show's done. we got some good questions flowing in. And uh, I want to get to one of those, at SG Kirkpatrick says, uh, your thoughts on Independiente versus Atlanta United stalemate for Ezekiel Barco, the signing that's been rumored uh, for Atlanta United. It's a hot rumor going on for an 18-year-old just wonder kid for Independiente. You saw him in Copa Sudamericana have a real influence. I mean, he is a true player on the rise. Like He, is, he can be a superstar footballer. And that's where I think the issue has become with Independiente and Atlanta United. If you follow along with the story, Atlanta United, by many accounts, and again, this is not, I'm not confirmed, I'm not saying I have these sources, these are people out there talking about it, somewhere in the range of 12 to $15 million offer for Ezekiel Barco from Atlanta United. Reportedly, Barco is interested, certainly very heavily interested in going to Atlanta United because of the Tata Martino, you would imagine, what Atlanta United's building. Obviously, you think a young Argentine would certainly be willing and ready to play for Tata Martino. And now it looks like they just haven't been able to get the deal done. Is that Independiente bar, you know, balking at the deal now? Are some European suitors coming in? That's, by all accounts, could be happening. The rumors are flying. Does it mean that maybe Independiente is trying to shake down Atlanta United for the last dollar? Totally within their rights. Will Atlanta United kind of put a firm number on that have they already i mean those are the things that are flying around i just think it's all a combination of all that sg it eventually will get worked out maybe atlanta united will have to kick in a little more maybe independiente is trying to like you know kind of squeeze a few bucks out of a european club that just won't do that i mean barco is that talented i want atlanta united to get it done because i want to see this kid in mls not because i want atlanta united to have him i don't like atlanta united i'm a fan of LA Galaxy, right? I don't want I don't want Atlanta United to get stronger. However, there's also a part of me, and you know what I'm talking about, MLS fan. There's a part of me that tugs at kind of like, yeah, I'd like to see him in the league, right? I mean, we see that all over. You're a fan of Atlas or my Pachuca playing in the Copa MX right now, which we'll update later, but I don't want to get to that now, and I don't want to ruin it for you. If you're a fan of Pachuca, and you love them, maybe there's a, a a touch of, you know, I wouldn't hate Ezekiel Barco, the 18-year-old superstar from Argentina, going to Club America, because at least I'd see him in league. You know what I'm saying? There's a little bit more of that in MLS, I think. There's, there's kind of that camaraderie. I hate, hate is not strong enough of a word. I sports hate with a passion San Jose Earthquakes, right? Sports hate with a thousand sons. But if San Jose Earthquake somehow got their mitts on Luka Modric, I'd like to see Luka Modric in MLS. So it wouldn't be the worst thing. You know, I'd much rather he signed with L.A. But if he went to, you know, that's my point with Barco. I want him to see MLS get this done. Because he's that good. 
877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. You're driving around. You got any soccer-related uh, Christmas gifts in mind? I mean, it's it's always fun to say, well, you know, season tickets. Okay, well, that might be a little out of the, you know, some people's price range. You know what always gets me? I want to just go on a little tangent. I just said, you know, season tickets would be a good gift. And maybe that's a little. Do you guys ever? Are, do you ever get tired of those Christmas commercials? I want to. This is a plea to companies out there, right? And and I must admit, oftentimes it's car companies, but it's these people who say, "Here's a great holiday. Here's a great stocking stuffer," right? And they give it's like car keys for your new Lexus or whatever. Who's giving that as a stock? You know what? I got my stocking growing up. I got a. I got a. A, a packet of Smarties and a pack of baseball cards, if I was lucky, and a couple of like uh, Jolly Ranchers, where they break open the packet and give half to my sister and half to me in my stocking. Right? Who's getting a? You know, ooh, it's a perfect stocking stuffer. This fourteen carat gold, six carat diamond studded bracelet. Like, who's putting that in a stocking? That would be like my Christmas gift for ten years straight. A car. Who's getting a, oh, yeah, it's the perfect stocking stuffer. Keys to your new Lexus. Really? I mean, come on. That's insane. That's like me saying, yeah, four season tickets to your favorite MLS team is a perfect stocking stuffer. Well, that's a little pricey, I would think. If I didn't, if I got a half eaten apple in my stocking, I was lucky. I mean, who are we kidding? stocking i i might get a, you know what i might get batteries that i had to open later in my stocking because of something i got as a kid like a game that required two double a's or something right you might get batteries in your stock i'm not getting car keys that just it's, it's offended me for years what is that that's offensive now what is not offensive is the Concacaf champions league draw the draw came down we now know who's playing who and you know who's not in the draw L.A. Galaxy, that's who, ticks me off every year they're not in it. Because what we just saw was Pachuca playing in the Con- or the Club World Cup, which Real Madrid beat Grameo 1-0. By the way, Real Madrid had a blistering game with Al Jazeera of the United Arab Emirates in the semis. It was an unbelievable game. Al Jazeera should have won, frankly, or could have won. Real Madrid, to their credit, did pull out a 2-1 victory. Yeah, I see it. Jorge flashing his Real Madrid jersey. But it just goes to show you how much talent is around the world. Al Jazeera was every bit worthy of winning that game in the semis. And yet, Real Madrid deserved to win the final against Gremio. They did. And frankly, Pachuca didn't deserve to beat Gremio. In that, I mean, it was a good game, and maybe Pachuca could have won that semi. It went to extra time, and Gremio you know, certainly deserved it. So I'm not going to take anything away from him. But I want to see... An MLS side in there. And specifically, what are the Galaxy doing not playing in the Club World Cup? Win the Champions League. Now, you say, Denholm, that's not easy. Liga MX teams are way better. No, they're not. No, they're not. Now, I know some of you uh, Liga MX fans just drove off the 710 and are cursing me out here at 877-710-ESPN if you'd like, or on Twitter at TalkSoccer. Feel free. I got news. I'm breaking news here. Liga MX teams are not any better than an MLS team. They're not. Now, you're going to say, yes, they are. Of course, they pound them. They're not better. Now, that doesn't mean MLS teams are better than Liga MX teams. But what are you saying, Denholm? That's like crazy talk. No. 
you go back and look. Now, give, I'll give you this. League, League MX teams finish, and they're winning CONCACAF Champions League. That's what they do. In big games, they go out and win. Now, that, does that make them better? Okay, I understand where you're coming from. They've had better results. But if you look at the matchups, FC Dallas playing last season, MLS teams are so much closer to League MX teams than anybody gives them credit for. And ever will, frankly. I understand I'm alone on that. Because people just don't want to give MLS credit. MLS teams are so much closer and so tight with League MX teams now, it's not even funny. Toronto FC can win CONCACAF Champions League. Will you know? Will they? Yeah, we'll see. Can they be beaten by a Tijuana or a Club America? Yes, of course. Absolutely. Those teams are good. I'm taking nothing away from Chivas or Tijuana or... Tigres, Tigres is fantastic, and Tigres will probably win it, frankly. But can Toronto FC? Yes, Ab- absolutely. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Already here they come. Here we go. I don't blame them. Come at me, John and Downey. Welcome to the show, brother. Welcome to Soccer Weekly. Hi, nice, man. How you doing? Good. Come on, man. How are you going to make that argument? MLS over Emekis. No, look, Emekis deserves the praise for winning Champions League and doing it in style, no doubt. But you watch, let's just say, just a, I'm talking just a generic team. Is Tigres the best team in Central and North America? Yeah, probably. Top Easy. to bottom. Can Toronto yeah. FC beat Tigres? Yes. Yes, they can. Out of, once out of five games, maybe. Oh, come on. That's a little hard. But come I understand on. where you're coming from, John. Look. You're going to, the, the strengths of that. Mexican team league teams are way greater than the technical side in the MLS. That's why the the sport of soccer hasn't grown as it should have. But I'll give you some of the technical soccer. MLS sides are more athletic. Okay, now League MX sides like to run around a lot. Don't get me wrong. They yeah, got, and there's yeah. And I love League MX. I do. I, I love my Pachuca and Toluca. I do. Okay, but you're gonna if you're gonna tell me Pachuca, well. Is so Come much on, better Tigres, than Toronto. I'm not Pachuca, buying it. Really? I'm Tigres, not. Tigres, Pachuca, Rayados, come on, Chivas. I oh, come on. Cruz, Cruz Azul, compete. Next thing you're going to tell Toronto me Lobos Plop is uh, better than uh, Toronto they FC. Might. Come on. They might. Oh, you're they nuts. <laughs> <laughs> if you, don't you dare start telling me about the Asensio here. If I got to start, tell you this. if I start hearing about Club Juarez from you, you're getting, you're getting hung up on. <laughs> okay. Okay. I won't go that far. But <laughs> you know what? I love soccer. I watch the MLS games. I'm a Galaxy fan. But it's just not the same entertainment as when you're watching Liga MX. Well, let me ask you this. And you bring up – it's an interesting point. You love MLS. That's great. I love Liga MX. I love both leagues. John, the best Galaxy team a few years ago, right? Beckham. Yeah, five Keen, years. Landon Donovan. Yeah. Could they beat Liga MX teams? No. Oh, you, you, okay. You got to go. Time yeah. to go. Love you, John. Yeah. Goodbye. Of course they could have. Those teams were loaded. People forget how good those Galaxy teams were. Loaded. Top to bottom. Omar Gonzalez. I mean, as a kid, he was phenomenal for the Galaxy, remember. Helped lead them to titles. And Toronto FC is better than those teams. People don't understand. Toronto FC, I will be disappointed, tremendously disappointed in Toronto FC as players and an organization if they don't win Champions League. Let's give you the draw here. 
Cibao FC takes on Chivas in the first round. And then remember, this is a new kind of Champions League format. It's a round of 16, boom, two legs, knockout. These are not group stage anymore. Santa Tecla, the El Salvadoran side, will take on Seattle. I think it's a great matchup for Seattle. It's one of the better matchups, one of the better draws. No disrespect to Santa Tecla. They're going to have a hard time against Seattle. Olympia of Honduras and New York Red Bulls, that is going to be a great first round, two legs. I don't even know who's going to win that. Motagua is going to get run over by Tijuana. Herediano versus Tigres. Don't sleep on the Costa Rican side. It's a tough draw because Tigres is the best team. And in Colorado taking on Toronto, I'll be bitterly disappointed if Toronto doesn't smack down the Rapids. or Sea Rapids or just put those two together. Colorado Rapids, drop the Colorado. You get the point. All right. Toro of Panama taking on FC Dallas. That's another tough matchup. And my favorite matchup on paper in the first round of this CONCACAF Champions League. Knockout, two legs, Saprissa and Club America. That is going to be a war. I mean, in the sports sense, don't overestimate. But that is going to be a fantastic matchup. Saprissa and Club America. I can't wait for the CONCACAF Champions League. Starts in late February. Get there. Let's get there. Cannot wait for that. But, John, thanks for the phone call. 877-710-ESPN. We still got stoppage time coming. Soccer Weekly. Dave Denham you on the home of world football here in Southern California. We roll on on ESPN LA 710. This is Soccer Weekly. I am Dave Denham and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. ESPN LA 710. Brought to you by Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. We appreciate their support. I appreciate you. I love football. That's the the uh, hashtag I use on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. I love football. I love MLS. I love Liga Mackies. I love good football. I love football. And I love you for listening to Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. Hit me up. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. And do what Pedro in Inglewood has done. Pedro, you're next up here on Soccer Weekly with Dave Dunham. What's up, man? Hey, how you doing? First-time caller. Thank you for calling. Oh, Thank thanks for call. listening, buddy. Anytime, anytime. I believe, honestly, uh, the MLS and then the Mexican League, the two different leagues. Uh, MLS, it's honestly, I always see people come and retire here and, and not, not be, you know what I mean, not be that exciting league that it's supposed to be, you know what I mean? You go to Mexico, you see the games out there. The fans, the fans is a big thing too. You know what I mean? It's not only the players, but the fans that, that, that get you going inside the game. I've been to an MLS game. It's not exciting. It's not really, for me, it was a little bit boring. Uh, not, 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 not too ah, much. Ah, Pedro, you're not. Conejo Perez is 88 years old. He still plays. Come on. Retirement league. Yeah, it's just, you know, I mean, <laughs> and it's not the same. Honestly, it's not. It's like you watch, you, I, I try to watch it on TV. I can't. I fall asleep on an MLS. Post. Pedro, what you, who's, your team? who's your favorite team? Who's your favorite? I'm a Chivo fan. 100% Chivo well, fan they, from Guadalajara. That's fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, I understand. I understand where you're coming from because League MX is good. And if your favorite team is no. Chivas of Guadalajara, of course you're going to love it. I get it. Uh, so that's there's no there's no shame in that. There's no. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I'm just telling you I'm tired of people who don't know Chelsea from Liverpool deciding they love those teams because they don't I mean you know you're a Chivas fan you've always been is my point right I mean you grew up that way you are a Chivas fan you are Chivas Guadalajara I get that so you may enjoy MLS on a weekend you might go watch a game have some fun with it there's no shame in that either I understand it's not going to be but I just don't I can't get into 
people telling me how how they they love you know some team over they've never been to they've never followed them but somehow they're going to buy the jersey and just oh I hate MLS you know that just bothers me oh no 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 I have my point of view it's just a different point of view of here. course because you grew up with that team I get it that makes sense it really does and Pedro thank you for the phone call I'll never sit here and tell you that oh you shouldn't be you know. Monterey fan because you grew up with them, but now you, you know, like you have a team here now, so you should be uh, so much, you know, bleed the galaxy. You know what? Fine. But there are a lot of people who do, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just telling you, as I've looked at it the last two to three years, MLS teams, now you might even say I'm an, I'm an idiot for saying it's just as good, or I didn't say MLS was better, but they have closed the gap. Now, there are some things that Liga Mekis does significantly better, and I'll tell you one of them is coaching. Flat out. I don't know that these players are so much better top to bottom in League MX versus MLS. MLS is starting to pay a lot more. Not not then at League MX, but it's getting closer in the sense of MLS is improving their salary cap and improving their pay. So the, the gap is shrinking. There are some things League MX does better, no doubt. And they do have magnificent players. Look, those teams are great. But it's it's it, it's shrinking. I'll say that it is it is getting closer and closer, and we'll see it in CONCACAF Champions League in the next couple of years. I promise you that. Hey, Mario, it's our favorite time of the show. What time is it, brother? It is everybody's favorite time of the show. Stoppage time with the great producer of the Soccer Weekly here. It's Mario Reese. Mario. Dave, El Clasico's coming up this weekend. Woo! Nice little Christmas present for us. Holy Real Madrid, Barcelona. Who's going to win the showdown between Messi and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo? Holy cow. Set your alarms, folks. It's a 4 a.m. kickoff here Pacific time. I'm up. And Don't yeah, worry. Sure. I got no problem with that either. Uh, I believe I believe that the, the, the uh, La Liga is over if Barcelona takes the full three points, right? They're already – I know Real Madrid has a game in hand, but they're 11 points back of Barcelona. If Barcelona wins, it's done. Barcelona won, Real Madrid won. I'm not trying to bail on it. I just actually I believe it's going to be two two. I think it's going to be an offensive shootout because Real Madrid needs the victory. Mario, I think it's going to be a very high scoring affair that's going to end in a draw, which does not really help Real Madrid in the long run. But we had a great tweet that came in wondering about it, Mario. That at the 4 a.m. kickoff Pacific, especially it, it's catered to China, really realistically time wise. Yeah, of me. course. And he, the the uh, tweeter, the the guy who tweeted into me asked, "Is it? Do you think they're doing that more than the United States market? A hundred percent, yes. Yep. China has a billion plus soccer fans, where we have the the potential of that. We have the potential of three hundred million here. Yeah, you go with the billion plus. And oh yeah, China is a massive market. You can't fault them for that. No doubt. <laughs> All right, Carlos Vela has played his last and final match with Real Sociedad, and he is ready to make his way down here to downtown L.A., Uh. where he will join his new squad, LAFC, of course. But he couldn't leave uh, Real Sociedad without... uh, scoring a goal in his last game, of course, which was a beauty. I know you saw that, Dave. Oh, man. It's going to be a great thing here. LAFC has to be pumped for uh, their arrival of their star, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a perfect way to go out. Yeah, it's it's such a way to go out in the sense that he leaves on such a high note 
that is a good thing coming to a new franchise, Mario. That's a good thing to see Carlos Vela score that kind of goal mm-hmm. and get that kind of love. He was a, so loved out there. So loved. This is a guy leaving La Liga in mid-season. People yeah. wrap your head around that. He's coming to L.A. This yeah. guy is scoring goals in La Liga in the prime of his career. This is not some has-been. This is not, as Pedro said, some retirement league. This is Carlos stinking Vela. Oh, yeah. He's going to be a star out here in Hollywood. Unbelievable. With all the new players that uh, the Galaxy and LAFC have signed as of uh, recent, give me one player from each team that you think is going to surprise here this upcoming season. And as Mario's pointing out, the Galaxy did get uh, Servando Carrasco, the DM, uh, the defensive midfielder from Orlando in the re-entry draft. Of course, the Galaxy signed that uh, the uh, another defender there. His name escapes. Ralph, uh, oh gosh, I'm blanking on his name. He's got a nice haircut. I love the haircut. But uh, yeah, here's a, some, uh, I'm going to give you a guy who's going to surprise you for LA Galaxy. And it sounds crazy. It's Giovanni DeSantos. Somehow everybody thinks this guy is done or something because he had a, a down year statistically. This guy is a fantastic player, and he's going to find a way. He's heard the criticism. He'll find a way to surprise everybody. I don't know who's going to surprise you from LAFC quite yet, except for I know Diego Rossi is going to be a star at 19 years old. But I don't know if that's a big surprise. This kid deserves to be that kind of designated player. This has been Stoppage Time. Thanks so much to Mario Reyes. Thanks to Jorge. I appreciate that. Everybody for listening. So much fun each and every week. Don't forget, you can continue the conversation at Talk Soccer. We go on throughout the weeks. Thanks so much to Taylor Twelman, ESPN Soccer Analyst, for joining me. Don't forget, everything that comes up here on ESPN LA 710 is big and nothing bigger than Lakers talk. Coming up next with Alan Sliwa. Stay tuned for that. This is Soccer Weekly on the home of world football in Southern California. It's ESPN LA 710.